Hello, and welcome to the Tuesday Morning Show on CKET 90.3.FM. It is Tuesday, December 20th, and today we have another episode of Into the Weeds with host Veronica Ivanova, interviewing artist Madeline Beckles. Sit back and enjoy the show.
The guest on our show today is Madeline Beckles, who is a holistic nutritionist in training and multidisciplinary artist currently based in Toronto. She holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Art History and Women's Studies and puts her critical faculties to work as a co-host of the podcast High Tea. Her artwork explores themes of femininity and the body with abject aesthetics and camp humor and has been shown at the Museum of Modern Art in New York the Gallery of Ontario in Toronto, and Art Basel in Miami. Madeline believes that nutrition is an entry point to healing holistically, and by exploring the vibrant potentials of whole food cooking at home, she aims to make health accessible, creative, and appetizing. Madeline, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, well, let me explain myself a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Something that I'm interested in as a scholar is, uh, for research purposes, is the harnessing of, I guess I would say, libidinal energy for commodification by corporate interests, mm. um, in, a, in brackets. And I really wanted to have you on the show because I can't stop thinking about your 2017 video installation, Endless Scroll. Uh, which explored the ways in which identity and technology are intertwined. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could describe uh, for our listeners what that video installation looked like, um, what it was comprised of, and what subject matter you were exploring through that work. Sure. Throwback. Um, yeah, that that piece, I'm trying to remember if I made it specifically for um I it was shown at Bunker too, which you were a part of that gallery, which was such an amazing project. And I wish does it still exist? Uh thank you. Yeah, it's it has been around up until very recently. Um okay. what ended up happening was the folks that we were renting the parking space from to park the shipping container in mm -hmm. didn't want us in the neighborhood anymore. And then mm. the shipping container mm. itself as a structure was having issues and right. it was just a culmination of things that we just couldn't yeah. find a way to keep it sustain, keep sustaining the project. But yeah. Yeah. So which no. also like, it's kind of nice when things don't happen forever and like have yeah, their life and mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, I can't remember if it, I made it specifically for that exhibition. Um, I think I might've shown it somewhere else as well. Um, but I was essentially trying to, I, I did, I recorded myself browsing online for um, a series of weeks and kind of culminated it or shortened it into, um, I think it was maybe like a 10 minute video, sped the footage up, kind of like um, made it concise to reflect the kind of patterns that I was um, working with. Um, and I think a lot of my work during that time, I was, I feel like I had like a peak production era from like 2015 to 2019. Um, I was kind of consistently like pumping out a lot of work, like new work, um, and getting a lot of opportunities, which is really nice. Um, and I was really trying to explore and contextualize myself with the external world and kind of like learn how I fit into that world. And so it was doing a lot of self study um, and which I now do in a different way. Um, but 
Yeah, I think I was really just trying to understand where I fit in the world at that time through my artwork, using myself as the subject um, and kind of grappling with, you know, my identity as a mixed race person, my identity as a feminine person and a feminist. Um, and yeah, really that point in my life, I was, yeah, just trying to figure out where I fit. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that the internet was, or the space of the internet was the backdrop to that exploration. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're describing this journey of searching for yourself amongst Mm -hmm. um, these kind of performances of the self online by others. Totally. And yeah, I think I, I was always kind of into that. Like I had two, I had a father and a stepfather who were both very into tech. So like, we had internet right away and like I was on the computer from a young age and um, I spent the of the larger part of my childhood in a small town. I was the only mixed race person in my school um, and so I thought that the internet was a really fun place where I could kind of explore my identity and try different identities on um, and again start to kind of understand this world beyond this small town that I lived in um, and this very like limited experience that I had even though I knew that I was very different um, so I think it was a space where I felt that I could be comfortable kind of like trying things on where um, in my real lived life um, there was a lot of risk because I was already so different um, so the internet kind of allowed me that space it sounds like you felt like there were certain roles prescribed to you that maybe you didn't feel comfortable or safe going outside the boundaries of, but online, it was like mm-hmm. a, a more disembodied space for yes. you where you could just focus on your maybe internal self-expression. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I left that piece of yours back in 2017 uh, wondering how I or we um, can be more mindful of what influences and shapes our desires. Mm -hmm. And I think in the five years since your work first prompted me to ask those questions, I've gotten better at identifying when my desires and behaviors are maybe influenced or manipulated by um, the internet. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I've come up with um, solutions to that dilemma other than to distance myself from the internet altogether so i don't know what your relationship is to the internet um but if you are online like how do you protect your well-being uh and your peace in a sustainable way while still engaging with the online world yeah well now that i've kind of had a bit of a shift in my how I operate in life and also kind of in my career trajectory it's funny like me and my partner he can't stand being on the internet and gets like really activated and really triggered um and gets in this comparison loop um whereas I've kind of curated my feed to be like only food and like tips to like handle the full moon so I definitely have like curated my feed and like unfollowed people who activate me or like mute mute people um so that's yeah I feel like my interest because they've kind of shifted to a degree I mean like I think you know I still 
want to participate in art and make art, um, of course. And like, I still have a lot of ties to that community and I still work in that community for my day job. Um, I think it really is about kind of like putting up those boundaries in your feed if you don't feel that you can not participate. Because I mean, as an artist, you want to be in the conversation. You like, I mean, I'm a performance artist. I want to be seen, hee hee. Um, and also I want to, yeah, I want to be seen. Um, and also I'm in the midst of kind of like starting a business as well. So it's kind of something that I need to participate in. So yeah, I mean, I'm not perfect. I definitely... I definitely have bad scrolling habits and I definitely spend way too much time on the internet and specifically on Instagram. But I think that mindfulness that you're talking about, it's kind of like you have to build that habit of um, reminding yourself to maybe put your phone away or to not look at the person that's making you feel whatever type of way. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you do have um ways of making the internet and social media empowering for you Mm -hmm. um and also monetizing it because it it sounds like you're starting a business venture that you know the visibility of being in conversation with people online would would help you Mm -hmm. um i want to talk a little bit about your transition to working as a holistic nutritionist um like i mentioned your work as an artist uh, it got me to ask questions about self-care and well-being in my relationship to the internet. And so your pivot to working as a nutritionist seems like, it makes sense to me, and it seems like an evolution of what you were doing before. That's um, always good to hear, yeah. well, <laughs> that it's me, not like out of left field. Um, not, I mean, not to me, not at all. Um, but do you see any overlap in your work as a nutritionist? Um, or as, maybe not your work since you're, you said, in training. So maybe the things that you're learning mm-hmm. and thinking about, do you see any overlap between y- yourself as an artist and yourself as a nutritionist? Totally. Um, I mean, I've always kind of worked with my body. Um, as a kid, I was, and a teenager, I was very into dance. Um, in my early 20s, Um I actually took a break from my undergrad and did a yoga teacher's training. But at that time, I was also working in a restaurant for the first time and got like pretty swept up in partying and being out. Um, And so that kind of juxtaposition felt really hard to hold at 21. And I didn't really feel empowered that I could like help other people. I mean, yoga is such a like huge tradition and such a big undertaking, I think, to take on. Um, I didn't really have the confidence, so kind of like shoved that away, then got into performance art. So I feel like there's always been this thread of the body. Um, And I think, as I kind of said before, like the work that I was doing was really me trying to come to terms with the external world. And now I feel like my work is me trying to come to terms with my internal world. Um, So I feel like they kind of inform each other. And I also think that through maybe the more like provocative, risque elements of my practice, I feel like it's a helpful experience to have when you're also working with other people. Um, You know, I'm not perfect. I'm 
still trying to quit smoking. You know, I still like party sometimes. Like it's, um, which I think when I've been, when I've worked with people and healers, um, I find it comforting and helpful when they come at it from a place that I can relate to. Mm -hmm. Well, I really want to know, especially in the context of what you just said about having certain practices like smoking or, you know, health to me is a spectrum. So those things can be a part of it. But what would you say comprises health and wellness? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a conversation. One of my teachers talks about yoga specifically as a way to meet yourself every day. Um, that's what I think health is about as well. Um, even like meeting yourself in every moment, moment, um, the course of study that I'm working through is a holistic program. So it's not just about like body and nutrition, but it's about your mental and spiritual well-being. Um, and so I think it's all really intertwined. Um, and yeah, what does it mean to me? Yeah, I think it is that I think it is that meeting yourself where you're at and where you want to go um, and kind of building up little little ways to take care of yourself um, that will eventually kind of accumulate into, you know, whatever goal you are kind of trying to achieve, whether it be like a physical thing, a spiritual thing, a mental thing like an incremental practice Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds a lot like you were describing a kind of maybe sort of intention that you or attention that you pay to yourself Um, yes totally hmm well I'm thinking of so many different things as you were sharing your thoughts on health and wellness um like I immediately think of my grandparents who had a very special my grandmothers who had a special relationship to food as like medicine so I'm from eastern Europe I'm from like a small rural town in eastern Europe that Mm -hmm. uh, medicine wasn't really part of our life but food was a really important way to heal when you weren't well and there was this understanding that if you you know, ingest certain things at certain times, it can help energize you, it can, I don't know, like food was treated as drugs. Um, And I grew up thinking that and I think I still really think of everything that I ingest as, um, you know, as like medicine or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Where am I going with that? Um, Yeah, like, are there any uh, misnomers about health or healing that you could speak to or I mean I think to have like a real healthy life we can't be too rigid or obsessive that's like my blanket statement but that being said like um I think in North America we're raised in a pretty uh pretty cynical (laughs) um landscape in terms of what we're taught about or not taught about food, um, how we're taught to relate to illness, um, how we relate to our environment, um, how we have had genocides of indigenous people, 
um, who really do understand that relationship. Um, so I think, you know, colonialism, we've really been kind of separated from our bodies, the planet, food, what it actually means to be healthy. Um, so I think also this kind of like intersectional understanding of our environment is key to really framing health. Um, you know, like we're in a housing crisis. Food banks are the busiest they've ever been. Like this is all kind of part of the picture. Yeah. So I'm a bit less dom dogmatic about like, don't eat cheese. <laughs> you know, like I think that's kind of the least of our problems. If you have a dairy allergy, like, yeah, don't eat cheese. Or like, if you don't want to engage in like that kind of food production, sure. But I think um, it's much bigger than us when we talk about like capital H health. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like nutrition is very politicized. Um, and it almost sounds like access to health and all that we understand health to be is also very politicized. Totally. And also capitalized. Like, you know, the health and wellness industry is expected to grow. I don't know the actual statistic, but a lot in the next five years. Um, and I'm a bit wary of just like what that means you know I think there's a lot of access to knowledge that is really amazing um, and people are really taking in these practices at as part of their lives it's become a bit more accessible like through Instagram like through women's health too like we now know some of the dangers around birth control we're starting to understand our cycles and get that literacy like there are a lot of like great things about this industry expanding but I also I'm just wary of the capitalization because it is really simple to me. Um, like health, when you're really trying to kind of like heal certain parts of your body, it really comes down to like, yeah, you're eating whole foods, you're sleeping well, you're hydrating, you're managing your stress. Like that's really kind of the baseline. Um, so I just think there's a lot of... Um, yeah, there's a lot of exploitation. <laughs> of health for capital that um, I'm wary of. Yeah, I mean, I had that thought uh, when you were talking about Instagram and when I think of discussions, um, not really discussions, but when I think of wellness in the internet, I think of it as a um, more cosmetic maybe thing yes. as opposed to this holistic relationship to your own well-being that you're describing that has to do with um, how calm you feel and how nurtured by the foods you eat you are um yeah uh i mean how do you think we can kind of shift the tide and contribute to a more holistic conversation about our well-being uh using mm. the internet and our relationships online i mean i think it's helpful to consider working on your own health as a means to um, have the energy and the capacity um, to do what you need to do in service of others, you know? Mm -hmm. It's that classic, like, take care of yourself before you, like, put on your oxygen mask, et cetera, et cetera. Because um, I also feel like the individualization of health can kind of get, as you're saying, cosmetic and... Um, yeah, I guess just problematic. 
Um, but if we look as it look at it as a way to kind of like you're more in tune with your body, therefore you're kind of more in tune with nature, you're more in tune with other people, that is actually like where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I think back to my own relationship with my sense of health and vitality, um, I think that I've taken good care of my body but something that I didn't think to nurture as much or pay as much attention to was my feelings and then Mm -hmm. I found out in a very real way how um, your feelings translate into your body in very direct ways Um, and I find that yeah you have to take care of yourself in that regard um, too in order to take care of your body um, I don't know if I can form a question with that. I guess I'm just... Well, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> I can jump in. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of my big shift happened because of lockdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was cut off from everything, you know? Um, I always thought I was a pretty healthy person because I it was a hobby. Like, I did yoga. Mm-hmm. I drank green juice. I cooked for myself for most meals. Like I was aware I tried diets on for size, which is like a whole other conversation. But um, I had zero boundaries. I was constantly pushing my feelings down with alcohol and cigarettes. Um, I really didn't know myself. And I was kind of operating at it from this very superficial place not saying that that's what you were doing but that's what I was doing no that also uh, that also is very relatable (laughs) yeah Yeah. so having and you know we often don't have the space to think about these things like we have to pay rent we have to pay bills we're working we're like caring for other people there's not a lot of time like that was a really specific moment in time and I know that was really hard for other people and I had the privilege of being able to like be at home um and have that space but yeah I often think back to being like if that didn't happen like I don't know what (laughs) I would be doing or who I would be like honestly I have wondered Um, about myself as well yeah 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 you had a similar experience yeah I think I well I went into therapy (laughs) yeah psychotherapy for the first time um like you said it was a yeah. moment of realizing that you um, you can't indefinitely suppress um, your feelings. No, yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately. This, and when everything around you quiets down, like like that, that's how I felt. That moment of like lockdown. It was a moment of solitude because I lived alone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know it was nothing dramatic. I. Um, I like I said, like my experience with my mental health. Um, or lack of it was very physical. Like I, I mm. had a panic attack for the first time, and I was like, oh, "My, wow. it's like my body that's trying to uh, bring something to my attention, and I'm just like not willing to acknowledge it, and it's having to do something so extreme to get me to pay attention to my feelings." And so, yeah. you know, I luckily have insurance and could call a therapist and ask her why am I feeling like yeah. this, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it was the everything slowed down and everything felt quiet so that the things that I wasn't really listening to within myself were able to, they had the space to be heard. Yeah. 
And, you know, when we talk about these kind of journeys, quote unquote, we need to find a new way to say like health journey because it's so cringy to me and like, I don't know, whitewashed or something. But, um, you know, it's not like, okay, like now I'm in therapy and like all is well, you know, or like I had that time and like now I'm studying nutrition and like all is great, you know, like it's it's really hard <laughs> facing these emotions and these repressions and you know that's where I again I think it's very holistic because it's like for instance the past couple months for me have been like pretty hard emotionally like I thought that I had overcome I had overcome a lot and come a long way but now some new even deeper seated stuff is coming up and so I need to make sure that I'm sleeping properly and like doing my morning meditations and like journaling when I can and eating properly and like having nights without alcohol because otherwise I'm just gonna spin out and go back to those maybe more destructive patterns that I had before because it's really fucking uncomfortable to deal with this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also like you're saying, it's not something that you resolve. You know, you don't ever attain peak health yeah. or peak mental health. It's, uh, it's just a way of handling the turbulence of life. Either it feels light because you're taking good care of yourself and you know how mm -hmm. to and you are able to, you know, dedicate the effort to do it. Or, you know, you aren't. And then those that turbulence feels like really rocky. Yeah. Is there anything coming up that you for you that you want to share or that you want to talk about? Um, well, I'm just wrapping up my course of study, which has been an interesting journey. I've been doing it completely. Like, like it's a self guided program, which has been a trip to be in school and kind of like, I'm the only person that's motivating me. Um, so that's exciting. I'm finishing up and I'm hoping to start taking clients this summer and working with people one-on-one. -on -one. I don't have a website yet anywhere to point people to. Um, oh, I do have a newsletter actually um, that I started in September. Um, it's a Substack, so there's an option to pay or not. I do recipe drops biweekly and also kind of explore topics around holistic health while also sticking to my style of like embedding pop culture and um, my politics into the work. So that's kind of what I'm up to. We uh, we archive this show that we do on the radio so we can share that link. To okay, music. And I want to say I'm signed up for it. And I think it's very, it's nice. And I recommend well, it. Thank you yeah, so much. Um, well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, thank you yeah, so much for coming on. Yeah, this has been so lovely. Thanks for having me.
Um, I think earlier in my life it was it seemed simpler to just let everything broken disappear. And now I, I don't feel that way at all. I will keep broken things. The big clay pot with raised iguanas chasing their tails. Two of their fierce heads sheared off. I will keep broken things. The old slave market basket brought to my door by Mississippi. A jagged hole gouged in its sturdy, dark oak side. I will keep. I will keep broken things. The memory of those long, delicious night swims with you. I will keep broken things. In my house there remains an honored shelf on which I will keep broken things. Their beauty is they need not ever be fixed. I will keep your wild free laughter though it is now missing its reassuring and graceful hinge. I will keep broken things. Thank you so much. I will keep broken things. I will keep you, pilgrim of sorrow. I will keep myself. Listening to CKUT 90.3.fm. Our set list today is dedicated to our interview guest, Madeline Beckles, and is featuring country, soul, and some covers of country classics sprinkled in here and there. Enjoy.
All of the forsaken got no reason to cry He got to chew the angels falling from on high He ain't waiting for no answer Baking woeful pie Pie of eyesight, pie blue black Oh, that pie The pie of pie and Forsaken, well, he ain't like you and I With bones always breaking and no place to go lie He's in the box so dark and wet, he got so much time He ain't even worried yet, the hog of the forsaken He is the pork of crime Forsaken, he'll leave you one more chance Which if you won't be taken He'll leave it for the ants He sings out in the wilderness He sings for friend and foe He sings of these and those times As well as the times to go He swims out into the sea Find the alligator guard Chase the leaf and mullet He chops water hyacinth Going to the sea The hog of the forsaken He is the hog for me He chops the water hyacinth Going to the sea Hog of the forsaken
Beautiful is the sky. Beautiful are the rivers. Beautiful are the trees. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Beautiful are the children. Beautiful are the old. Beautiful is the sun. Where many legends have been told. It's so beautiful. So beautiful.
CKUT 90.3, right here on the Tuesday Morning Show. Every Tuesday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., 90.3 on the FM dial or CKUT.ca online. We're just right in the middle of our show this morning. If you want to find the set list, head over to CKUT.ca, find the Tuesday Morning Show, and find the Tuesday Morning Show, and it'll be there. The show page will be there. You can find it. You just heard Tomorrow Is Gone by Joe. Before that, Junior Kimbrough with Meet Me in the City. And before that, Wade Ward with Shady Grove. And let me tell you what is about to come up here. Is a track by Doc Boggs, an old folk banjo player from, I want to say Virginia. In the 1920s and earlier. Worked in a coal mine, learned to play banjo by himself. Then his wife made him stop playing music and go work in the coal mine again. And so he did that for like 30 more years. And then was rediscovered by Mike Seeger in the 60s. Mike Seeger is like a pretty famous folk uh, artist. And was invited to play and record his music. At this point, he would have been in over 50 for short doc boggs interesting guy and great lyricist in my opinion if you listen to the lyrics of some of the songs they're quite quaint and funny something about like losing your cow in a poker game you're listening to ckut 90.3 
don't live right, you're going to live wrong. That's why, baby, in the Bible, so strong. Won't you all to understand what I say? Once had a fortune, but I threw it away. Or am I the young man you once did be? 
my porch if you scorn me be gone i'll now remind you of things past and gone oh can't you forget love oh can't you forgive oh think what a happy life we could here after I never will forget as long as I have breath. But I'll dance on your grave when you're laid in the dust. All spot her fingers go ring, she pull three. Saying, take, come and wear them while you're dancing on me. When you're done dancing on Sally or Queen, fly away to the west, love no more to be seen. I 
Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the first hour of Country Night of Stars, the incomparable Charlie Pride. Give her a chance to meet some old friends on the street. They want to count the man get to be this way. I've always got a smiling face. Anytime at any place. Every time they ask me why, I just smile and say, What you've got to kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone. Kiss an angel good morning and love her like the devil when you get back home. People may try to guess secret of our happiness some of them never learn it's a simple thing the secret i'm a speaking love is a woman and a man in love and the answer is in this song that i always sing well, you've got to kiss an angel good morning let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Kiss an angel good morning And let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning Time. C. C is for cauliflower. Confusion. Creation. Pickle. <laughs> K is for kitten. Cam. C. Wait. Fiandrofsi. U. Unbearable. U is for underground. Oh, yeah. Umbrella. T. Trite. Tremendous. Torment. Tire. C. K. I can't think of a U one. T. T. <clears throat> F is for famous. Fun. Fumble. <laughs> M is for Montreal. Oh, to see without my eyes 
first time that you kissed me Boundless by the time I cried I built your walls around me White noise, what an awful sound Fumbling by Rogue River Feel my feet above the ground Hand of God, deliver me Oh, woe is me The first time that you kissed me Oh, will wonders ever cease Blessed be
You're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM. You can find archived episodes of Into the Weeds, the artist interview series, online at ragweed.info. You can also request feature interviews with an artist you're curious about at ragweed.info. That's R A G W E E D dot I N F O. I hear a sound, it's going through my brain. I hear talk of people, I feel the falling rain. I see a man crying, called the whole world.
just found what I've been looking to find And I'm gonna love you all the time
Shago Cruel, cruel world I'm moving on I've been living too fast And I've been living too long Cruel, cruel world I'm gone This big old world Sure got me running around I heard a voice that said, just settle down And with the moonlight as my guide And with this feeling deep inside I know now that I am homeward bound Cruel, cruel must I go home Cruel, cruel world I'm moving on I've been living too fast And I've been living too wrong Cruel, cruel world I'm gone KUT 90.3, listening to the Tuesday Morning Show. That's every Tuesday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., right here on Montreal's True Community Radio Station, CKT 90.3. And that means that we are almost at 9 o'clock, and we are just closing out the show. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Thanks again, Veronica, for that installment of In the Weeds with... Um, Madeline Beckles. That's right. And if you want to listen back, you can find the show page ckt.ca find the tuesday morning show page you can find the whole show you can find the interview it'll all be there you just heard a willie nelson song cruel world when we were playing that song we i had to, was wondering how many albums has willie nelson put out because that one's kind of new right yeah i don't know that you'd call that a new album per se it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's a song from a soundtrack that he did. He has like, I want to say 50 albums. I started counting his albums and I didn't even get to the the 90s and it was already in the dozens. And not even all of them are compilations or reissues. He's got tons and tons. Prolific. Quite prolific. And he's like 80 years old and he's still making music. Willie Nelson. Um... All right, we're about to close out the show. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time right here on the Tuesday Morning Show.
This is a recorded message. I am Dan Johnston. Though I am not with you physically, I am with you in heart, with all my heart. And I am thinking about you and hope that you are doing fine. And I can't wait to get back home to hear the wonderful stories about what's been happening in your life. And I hope you'll bear with me on my return as I rave on and on about my own experiences and bringing you up to date on each and every exciting detail of these two weeks of holidays that I am enjoying in the western sun. In the meantime, please keep happy as I am on vacation and do not have time to worry about you. However, I will be thinking about you affectionately and missing you very much because I have said this, it would be very polite for you to feel the same. And perhaps you could comfort one another about my absence by consoling each other about it and talking about how much you miss me. And so I say unto you, Merry Christmas to you and a happy, happy New Year. Hi, this is your grandfather. Did you find employment?